Jesus pointed out numerous signs would appear in the heavens and on earth before his return. This inevitably asks the question, what are the signs of his gathering of the church to meet him in the clouds, otherwise known as the rapture of the church? Are you aware the description of Revelation 12 has already appeared in the heavens as recorded by the scientific community? Or that a tremendous meteor is heading to earth with a projected estimate of arriving on or near earth in April of 2029? with a very close bearing as described in the book of Revelation to the meteor named Wormwood. Join us now as we examine modern-day signposts, both in space as well as the international political landscapes involving the major players and nations as described in both the Old and New Testament prophecies. I am Mark Russick, and you are listening to The Russick Outlook. As always, just my opinion. Hello and good evening. This is Mark Russick. You're listening to the Russick Outlook. Thank you very much for joining. Uh, Coming to you after a three or four day stretch out here of what a lot of baseball fans would refer to as the dog days of August. Well, we've just hit a stretch or coming off of a stretch, hopefully, where we've had some just oppressive heat and humidity. Uh, But thankfully, it looks like we're turning the corner I'm sitting in here tonight in my project studio with some air conditioning, which I'm very grateful for, but even more grateful of the subject that we're about to approach, which I've titled Modern Signposts, where we've been focusing on this three-part series on the rapture of the church. And today we want to to close this out by looking around the world, what's happening, what are the signs that we see that may or may not line up with what the Bible says would be signs of the times of, of Jesus' return. And although there's a clear delineation between the re- physical return of Jesus, the second coming of Jesus, and the rapture, but nonetheless, these signs point to uh, the, the rapture because if it's pointing to the, the return of Jesus, then the rapture, I believe, is the seven years prior, which is just before the tribulation. And, and that's really what we're going to get into tonight. But just a very quick review. The first two broadcasts covered what the rapture was, uh, the different biblical examples, and then I kind of broke down the, the timeline of it. And I gave you the many reasons of why I and most of the church believes that it will happen uh, before the tr- seven-year tribulation, although you know Scripture isn't crystal clear on that timing and some believe it could be the midway, halfway point of the tribulation. Others believe that it's near the end or that they're tying together the second coming and, and the rapture of the church. Uh, no matter where you fall in that camp, there is a very clear distinction between the rapture of the church and the physical second coming of the Son of Man. And I'll show you those scriptures in a second. But nonetheless, I'd like to take this time to please ask you if you could hit the like and the subscribe button if you could subscribe uh, to us on YouTube and, and, and any of the podcast channels, um, as well as ring the bell. Ring that bell. Uh, let us know that you appreciate it if you do. And, and, uh, and, and again, it always helps us get the information out. Uh, any of your commentary, your likes, dislikes, uh, you know, please let us know. And, and also, if you could jump on the Russick Outlook, because if you get on our email list, you will find out some things that are coming this fall that only people on the email list will get invitations to. Uh, it's some pretty special stuff happening this fall. I'll be sharing more about that in the coming weeks. But please get on the Russick Outlook uh, and, and join our email list, and you'll be notified and, and be sent some invitations to some very special events. Uh, so let's get into this, though. 
a modern signpost. Uh, I'm gonna. I, I'm showing you here a picture of what could be the rapture uh, coming into the clouds, but also there's a um, an image to the right, which is a globe. I'm describing this for my podcast friends, uh, and it's Ezekiel 38:23 is is reading where it says, "Thus I will, will I magnify myself and sanctify myself, and I will be known in the eyes of many nations, and they shall know that I am the Lord." So I am pointing to Ezekiel 38:23. This is the Ezekiel War, as as many people would refer to it as, or the War of Gog of Magog, and I, I call it the next great war. And one of the reasons I say that, and we're going to get into this in a little bit, that this is a overarching sign, and it's and it's appearing right at our doorstep, uh, that we could potentially be on the cusp of this war. There are some, and again, this is another thing where you can't say it's going to happen right before or right after the rapture. It's right around that time. It will inevitably lead into the peace treaty in, in Israel and the Temple Mount, which the uh, uh, Satan himself will have to um, uh, forge that agreement or, you know, his representative, I should say. But at any rate, uh, this is really what we're going to cover. What are the events? What are the things that could be pointing to? And before I do that, what I'd like to do is separate the rapture from the glorious appearing. And this is for those people who kind of say that, you know, it's, it's all one event. It's, it's not. And, 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 you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, uh, join in, in with you at times when, you know, you can't say something is crystal clear, but this is crystal clear. Here's your rapture passages. If you're following me on video and, uh, that versus the second coming passages, if you can get to the video, you can find out all of the, uh, specifics, but I'll, I will just say for the rapture, John, Romans, 1 Corinthians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 Thessalonians, uh, 1 Timothy, Titus, Hebrews, James, 1 Peter, 1 John, Jude, and Revelation. Uh, For the second coming passages, I show you Daniel, Zechariah, Matthew, Mark, Luke, Acts, 1 Thessalonians, 1 Peter, Jude, and Revelation. Again, about 25 scriptures of each, and, you know, we've covered a lot of this, but, uh, you know, just to kind of lay this out, because... As we look at these signs, I believe we're, we're going to be inevitably pointing to what will first become the rapture. So the difference between the second coming of man, which is also called the glorious appearing versus the rapture, I've highlighted 15 different points of specifically what those differences are. And, and I'll just read from you from left to right. In the rapture, Christ comes in the air for his own versus Christ comes with his own to earth, which we will be part of those that come with him. Uh, the second one is there is the rapture of all Christians on earth. In the second coming, no one is raptured. Third point, Christians are taken to the Father's house. Third point for the glorious appearing, the resurrected saints do not see the Father's house. Point number four, there's no judgment on earth. Point number four, Christ judges the inhabitants of the earth. Five, the church is taken to heaven. Five, Christ sets up his kingdom on earth. So you see there's very, very clear distinctions, very different signs of what will happen. And I've highlighted 15 points. Let me give you the the last four. Uh, number 12, the judgment seat of Christ is what we will be able to if you've, if you've gone up in the rapture. And again, these are good things. These are the rewards. I laid out all of the rewards that we're about to embark upon potentially. In the previous broadcast, there's five different crowns. And in this case, there is no time or place for the judgment seat. Just another reason that the rapture has to happen beforehand. 
There is the marriage of the Lamb. His bride descends with him. We come with the bride comes with him. Um, then there's only his own see him at the rapture. And when he comes again uh, on the earth in the Mount of Olives, every eye will see him. And the last point is the tribulation begins with the coming of the rapture. And at the glorious appearing, that will become the beginning of the 1,000-year kingdom of Christ millennial reign. So those are the really quick, uh, very, very clear uh, distinctions between the rapture and the second coming or the glorious appearing. So let's look at some of the signs. Matthew uh, in 24, verse 3, he says, uh, it, this says, I'm sorry, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming? Jesus answered them, see that no one leads you astray for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ. They will lead many astray and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed for this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All of these are but the beginning of birth pains. And, you know, some people would say, well, we've always been hearing of wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes and famines. Not at the escalation point that we've reached today. Uh, the, the wars and the rumors of wars, we're just coming off of a, a, what could have been a, a major event. And I still think that it will lead into one, which we saw the war in Israel with Gaza. Um, they are lying, and I'm going to get into this more with Ezekiel, but um, all of or the lead adversaries, I will say, uh, for the Ezekiel 38 war are already on the Israeli border as I speak today, that being Russia, Turkey, and Iran. They are in Syria near the border of Israel where I sit today. And a lot of them have eyes on taking over or attempting to take over Israel. The next, oh, and I will say too, on the earthquakes, if you look up geological surveys over the last 10 years, the spike in earthquakes of just 6.0 and up, which are major, major earthquakes, has spiked exponentially. Uh, today, where I sit, I just, you know, there was an earthquake of a 7.0 in Haiti. So these things are happening. They're happening at far more frequently, and, and they're going to have more of an impact. And Jesus calls these the birth pains. So next is the lesson of the fig tree. From the fig tree, learn this lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things, you know that he is near at the very gates. So the fig tree is a representation of Israel. So we learn the lesson of Israel. Israel was born or became a nation officially in 1948. And you could look at 1967 when they captured Jerusalem and they had all of Israel and, and Jerusalem under Israeli hands. And the next thing he says here, and I've highlighted this in yellow for you following us on video, truly I say to you, this generation will not pass until these things take place. Well, what is a generation? According to Psalm 90, verse 10, the days of our life are 70 years, or even, if because of strength, 80 years. So let's take the Bible's example of a generation being 80 years, potentially. Uh, it could be 70 to 80. So if we look at 1948, that would bring us to 2028. If you subtract the seven years of tribulation, you're in 2021, which is where I am as I, as I present this to you tonight. Um, let's, let's look at another possible scenario. 
1967. If you look at that, 80 years from there, you're at 2047. Subtract the seven years of the tribulation, you're at 2040. So that's 19 years from where I sit uh, today. And again, you know, I'm, I'm not guaranteeing any dates. I'm, I'm not trying to. But my point is the time is getting near. The time is getting close because we're seeing the signs that Jesus called the birth pains. Um, and, and, you know, all that to say, and I've said this before, if it's a year, if it's five years, if it's tomorrow, if it's 20 years, if it's 100 years, that's not far away. I believe it's far less than, than 100, but even if it is, that's not far away. So let me give you another sign that I thought was very interesting. Uh, Revelation 12, and a great sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and her head had a crown of 12 stars. She was pregnant, was crying out in birth pains in the agony of giving birth. And, and remember, this is all happening in the heavens. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon. Dragon we know is Satan with seven heads and ten horns, and on his heads were seven diadems. It goes on to say, His tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven, cast them to the earth. We know that refers to a third of the angels that, that were cast out of heaven with Satan. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth, so that when she bore her child, he might devour it. All right, so this is Satan wants to devour uh, uh, Israel. And she gave birth to a male child, one who would rule the nations with a rod. But her child, which is the church, was caught up to God and to his throne. And the woman fled to the wilderness where she has a place prepared for God in which she is to be nourished for 1,260 days, which is the three and a half years. So you see all that description, but it starts with, and a great sign appeared in heaven. Now, let me bring you to, before I, well, now I'm just going to bring it to you. Let me bring it to you. September 23rd, 2017. We're going to show you exactly what did happen in Revelation happened on this date in the heavens. I'm going to give you the example of the zodiacs. The zodiac is not biblical. It's not, it's, it's just a thousand things wrong with it. I'm not going to get into all of that now, but I'm giving you that description because that's what most people would understand. Uh, there are the Jewish studies of the Maseroth, uh, this this has a biblical foundation. And remember, it says in uh, Genesis that uh, the, the lights and the stars and the heavens are for seasons and for signs. And this is a sign. So, But what's interesting here is this particular sign did not have or has not happened, according to scientists, for 5,934 years, approximately the time of Adam and Eve. Um, there are people who say that uh, very close proximities have happened once or twice or three times. Um, there's been some of these things have lined up partially, but not exactly as what is laid out here. So uh, let me, let me. hopefully if you can, if you're listening on podcast, if you can get to see this video, it'll be good. You see exactly what happened where the 12 stars above uh, the woman's head is, is the lion Leo, where you have the nine stars, they're always there. But three other planets, which are also called stars, lined up exactly in that constellation, which was Mercury, Mars, and Venus. Next, you see the sun is upon her shoulder, just as described. Then you see the, uh, this is now moving down towards what we would know as Virgo, the woman. 
um, then you see Jupiter appears in what would be called the birth canal. And interestingly enough, the Jewish studies of the Maseroth, they associate Jupiter to be the Messiah. Um, and then you have the moon at the bottom of the feet. So beginning in November of 2016 to September of 2017, which is 41 weeks, scientists were able to recognize and, and record that Jupiter retrograded in a circle, which would be in the circumference of the womb of, of the Virgo constellation, almost like the womb. It was in there for nine months before it came out. So this is all documented. It's all been recorded uh, from science afar from the Bible, not lining specifically with the Bible. The next interesting thing is I'm showing you here a Google sky map. And if you go to these constellations, and I've <clears throat> highlighted the red circle to show you what we just looked at with Virgo the woman and the yellow circle, the Leo the lion, which is the 12 constellations. There is a, uh, um, a blackout. It's been uh, retrograded. Uh, you see this where the white star is pointing, and it's been blacked out by Google. Now, supposedly, what people caught the re recording of this beforehand, so if I'm going to show it to you, a couple of different images and some, you know, being recorded with infrared technology, but it looks like potentially, I'll just say it this way, could potentially look like a dragon. And I'm showing you those images of, of what that redaction was. Uh, and if, again, if you, if you go Google Sky and you, and you go look this up, this is what you will see. You won't see this, these red images of what looks like the dragon, but that is what is behind the redaction. So the natural question is, why did Google redact this? What's going on here? You know, it's it's just very, very odd. But that's nonetheless what you see. So I, I've then concluded what this potentially would have looked like, where the Jupiter goes in and it for nine months it, it, it circulates around in, in the womb, it, what's called retrograding, and then it comes out. And then sure enough, that image of the dragon is there as though it was to be devoured and the moon is at her feet. So my point here is, in, in this date, in September 23rd, 2017, exactly as the book of Revelation laid out in the heavens, this happened. Um, coincidence? I don't think so. But, uh, you know, again, I know there's some debate about it, and I think some churches are a little bit uh, stay away from this because, I, you know, people were saying ahead of time before it happened, they knew it was going to happen, it was, this was the end of the world, and et cetera, et cetera, and obviously that didn't happen. But it's a sign, and, and, and that's all I'm going to say to it. I, I find it far more than coincidental, and, and I believe that we can look at this as something the Lord's trying to show us. It's my opinion. The next, I wanted to show you something that's uh, called Apophis. There is an asteroid that's heading to the Earth that's been identified by NASA and other international space stations. Um, they discovered it in June of 2004. They named it uh, Apophis after the Egyptian spirit of evil, which is of darkness and destruction. I will say that we know that some NASA scientists have nicknamed this Wormwood, and I'll show you why that's important in a second. Uh, the asteroid will come disturbingly close to uh, Earth on Friday, April 13th, 2029. 
It is traveling right now at 28,000 miles per hour, weighs 20 million metric tons. It measures 370 meters across, taking out every satellite and anything in its path. Five years from now, we will see it on a telescope. 20 months, 24 months later, we'll see it with the naked eye. So several year, a couple of years before it, it hits in 2029, whether it hits the earth or comes close, uh, we'll see it with the naked eye. Um, so let's, let's jump over to Revelation for a second. If you follow me on video, uh, I'm, I'm recording different or I'm citing different passages in Revelation 8, 6 through 13. I'm going to highlight the magenta passages. There will be a, this is the uh, part of the trumpets. It's part of the judgment of God that's coming. A storm of hail and fire mixed with blood and it was hurled to the earth. A great mountain blazing with fire was hurled into the sea. This great star fell from heaven, burning like a torch, flashing across the sky, and it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of fresh waters. The name of the star is Wormwood. That's what I found interesting that some of the scientists have named it this. Um, The fourth angel sounded his trumpet, and a third of the sun and a third of the moon and a third of the stars were struck so that a third would be darkened and a third of the daylight would not shine and the night the same way it would not shine. So this will bring complete, utter havoc, destruction. Uh, a third of, 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 of the earth will become completely dark. And this is part of, you know, near the end of the uh, uh, first half of the tribulation. So if you assume for a moment that Apophis is the biblical wormwood, uh, then this would be a represent a time period around the middle of the Great Tribulation. Monday, October 13th, 2025, if you, if that's the halfway point. So if you take the date of April 13th, 2029, minus the three and a half years, that's where you come up with it. This would be the approximate start date of the Tribulation. Matthew, Revelation, and Daniel, I've cited here for examples. So depending upon one's rapture position, whether you're pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, this last, the place of the last date of October 13th, 2025 for pre-trib believers, pre-wrath just before 2029, and if you believe in a post-tribulation, 2032. So all of this potentially is right around the corner. Again, this is another sign. This has nothing to do with the Bible in the sense that you can find this independently uh, from most, not only NASA, but uh, other science-related sites or astronomy-related sites. Continuing on in the heavens, I just wanted to point out again what God said in Genesis 1.14, let there be light bearers, which is the sun, the moon, and the stars, and the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night, let them be useful signs. Uh, of God's provident care and for making seasons, days, and years. This is Genesis 1.14. Psalm 19.1. The heavens are telling of the glory of God and the expanse of heaven is declaring the works of his hands. So I wanted to show you four successive blood moons that have happened, or four blood moons that have happened, the last four. First beginning in 1492 and 1493, then nothing happened. This six, four successive blood moons did not happen again until 1949 and 50. Then it happened in 67 and 68, and then it happened in 2014 and 2015. 
So if you're not familiar with the uh, Blood Red Moons, look them up. Again, there's plenty of information out there. Let me just say this, that they have consistently fallen on the uh, Jewish or the Hebrew holidays. I'm giving you the example of uh, 2014 to 2015, uh, where it happened on Passover, then Sukkot, then the following Passover and the following Sukkot. It always happens on the Jewish holidays, all four of these different years. What happened in these years? Well, in 1492 and 1493, the Jews were expelled from Spain, but also Columbus discovers America. 49 and 50, the Holy Land, Israel, the government of Israel is established, became a nation in 48, formed its governments in 1949 and into 50. 67 and 68, Jerusalem is recaptured uh, by the Jewish people, by the Hebrews. It is now under Jewish control. Hence, what I believe is the completion of of God's mission to restore the land of Israel and Jerusalem to his chosen people. 2014, 2015, what happened then? The Jewish or the Hebrew people had access to the Temple Mount. You have more access today than they've ever had. But these, again, are signs. I find this personally far more coincidental where this is happening in these same years that these major uh, events are happening as, as as foretold in the Bible, and again falling exactly on the Jewish holidays. I I I I can't say that that's coincidence. Let me lay out two things for you that are not biblical, but I find very interesting. There was a prophecy of Samuel ben Judah. He is a Jewish rabbi, several hundred years. Uh, uh, he wrote this prophecy out of by studying what's called the gematria, I'm sorry, uh, and which is the study of numbers and looking at different patterns and different numbers, Hebrew numbers, and, and seeing different things in there. And according to his studies, he said that <clears throat> uh, several hundred years before the Ottomans took over uh, what was called Palestine, which is we know today as Israel, uh, what would happen is that there would be eight jubilees afterwards. So the Ottomans would conquer Jerusalem, then there would be eight jubilees, then there would be one jubilee where it would become a no-man's land, and then in the ninth jubilee, it will once again come back to the possession of the Jewish nation, which he said would signify the beginning of the messianic end time. Sure enough, several hundred years later, after his death, the Ottomans conquered Israel in 1517. Eight jubilees, which is 50 years, eight times 50 is 400, is 1917. Happens to be the year the Balfour Declaration goes through after uh, the the uh, fall, uh, or the victories, I should say, of, of World War One. in which case the British had the right and gave the land to, or the title deed, I should say, to the Jewish people, the Hebrew people. Um, at that point, it was still called an international city. Um, and then we know in 1948, it became a nation. But nonetheless, it was still nobody's official land. Uh, you, you didn't have that, that ownership declared until 1948. Then in 1967, you have the culmination of the completion of it when Israel uh, regains Jerusalem. So now they have Israel and Jerusalem, which incidentally is the no, one more jubilee after the ninth one. And, and that's exactly the same year that Israel is recognized with Jerusalem. 
So then I just throw out another Jubilee went by and you had that Revelation 12 sign, which was also the same year that America uh, declared that Jerusalem is the capital and several other nations have since come to that. So again, not scriptural, but it is a prophecy and it happens to be spot on. So very interesting. But he said that this would signify the beginning of the Messianic end time. Then you have the Prophecy of the Popes, uh, written by St. Malachi. This was published in 1595 by Benedictine monk Arnold Wine. Uh, the Archbishop of Ireland during the 12th century was summoned to the Vatican. He had a vision of the next popes. He was greatly troubled because what he saw was the splendors and the abuse, what he thought of the riches that was being held by the Vatican as opposed to all the poor people and poor groups he ran to. Uh, but he he wrote what would be uh, the the history of the popes, and he wrote them all. What the who would you know who they would be and what characteristics they would have, and it was just so incredibly uh, close, and it's sometimes eerily accurate to exactly the popes that transpired, what they did, what their policies they carried out, and so forth. Uh, but in the final prosecution of the Roman Church, they will sit Peter the Roman. He writes, he will pastor his sheep in many tribulations, and when these things are finished. The city of seven hills will be destroyed and a dreadful judge will judge his people. City of seven hills is outlined in Revelation 17 and 18, and it's also known, Rome is also known as the city of seven hills. At the end of tribulation, mystery Babylon is judged. The city with seven hills, the harlot, is destroyed and thrown down. So some people would say that Rome is the actual mystery Babylon, uh, but they, they call that the city of the seven hills. So... And he said that this last pope, would, the pope before the last one, would resign. And that's never happened. But sure enough, the pope prior to Pope Francis, who he is today, did resign. And then you have Pope Francis. But wait a minute, he says it would be called Peter the Roman. Well, Pope Francis's real name is Jorge Mario Bergoglio. Pope St. Francis of Assisi was a friar. His actual name is Giovanni di Pietro, which is Peter di Bardone, translated to Peter the Roman. So, if he is not the last pope, then you can throw this out the window. It, it means nothing, it means absolutely nothing. But if he does turn out to be the last pope, it's going to be interesting because this is, this is another you know, prophecy that was written down uh, back to the 12th century by, by an Irish minister or an Irish uh, priest. So it's, I, I just find it interesting that, that he wrote this and so much of what he wrote has already transpired exactly. And according to this book and his prophecy, the current pope that we have today will be the last pope, uh, but going into the tribulation. So what I, what I would consider to be, you know, there's so many signs, but I would consider the number one sign to look at today is Jerusalem, is Israel. And, and I'm giving you, somebody had pointed out that they said, if you want to know God's clock, uh, the long hand, or the hour hand is Israel, the minute hand is Jerusalem, and the second hand is Temple Mount. Somebody else wrote that you have uh, uh, Israel being the epicenter of the world, Jerusalem being the epicenter of Israel, and the Temple Mount being the epicenter of Jerusalem. And it's no secret there. What happens in Jerusalem impacts the world. You know, Zacharias says, Jerusalem will become a burden stone for the world. 
and I could point to so many different characteristics, so many different things that are happening. But one of the things that I just wanted to put out there that stands out to me is the lack of clear, mature leadership in the world today on the government stage. Um, it's, it's nothing but turmoil for the most part, at least people who we thought were stand for righteousness and law and goodness. And, you know, another sign of the times, just let me digress for a second. Uh, Satan is called the lawless one. The, 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 the degree of uh, an abuse of the laws today, you know, dismounting, disbanding the police, the, the, the border crossings, the ICE. I mean, it's just, it's, it's horrendous. And it's just another sign of the times, in my opinion. Um, but at any rate, here you have in the United States a complete abandonment of Israel under the 46th president. Um, Israel is in political turmoil in their cabinet. It's just, you know, they they recently ousted uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, and they have this coalition of different seats and different factions and your current existing prime minister. I believe he only had seven seats out of 120. That's how fractured the government is. So uh, there, there are some looming signs there that don't look good, but you know we'll we'll continue to pray and hope for the best. But it's a um, it's a scattered government, uh, and and you look at the United States as they have pulled out of uh, the Middle East completely. Where I sit today, um, you know, they they completely just upped and outed out of Afghanistan. Um, over the last week or two, three weeks maybe, you know, the Taliban has completely taken over the country. I believe in the next week or two it will have Kabul uh, or Kabul and the all the Air Force bases. And it's just, it's horrendous. But what's, what's more troubling coming down the road from the crisis in Afghanistan will be all of the refugees who are trying to flee because the Taliban is, if you if they see a woman with hair, coming out of their, uh, uh, I forget the, the, the headdress that they wear, the name of it. But at any rate, you could be killed for that. They're killing and maiming uh, women and children. And, you know, they're, they're barbaric. And it's reminiscent of what happened in early, you know, 2013, 2014 under the 44th president here. He called ISIS the JV team, and we know what happened there and how they wreaked havoc. And then you had this massive refugee problem of people fleeing Syria and, and, and different parts of the Middle East around that area in Iraq. And uh, then you had the problems with northern Iraq with the Kurds. And it was just, it was crazy. It was horrible what ISIS was doing. And I believe you, you're going to see a repeat of this. And it's the same philosophy. It's essentially the same administration from 44 to 46. And uh, I, I think as you're going to see this major refugee crisis come out of Afghanistan and they're trying to make their way through Turkey into Europe. And that's exactly what happened five or six years ago. It's, and and uh, unfortunately, you know, the world sees the United States as they're not a safe partner anymore. They don't keep their word. And it's, and, you know, it's just the way it is. Uh, um, you know, on the other hand, you've got on the right hand side, you know, I've got Russia, North Korea, China, Turkey, Iran. Um, and let me just say, getting back to the Ezekiel 38 war, what I was saying earlier was Russia, Iran, Turkey are on the Syrian border right now on the border of, uh, of Israel. Lebanon is falling. It's economically crushed. Hezbollah is poised to move in. 
they have Hamas down uh, in the Gaza Strip already poised uh, to go in there. And everything is lining up exactly as Ezekiel 38 says, where God says, I will put a jaw in, in, in uh, uh, Gog's mouth and I will pull him down. And I can give, I've, I've presented this before where there's so many reasons they will want to attack Israel for their natural resources, for their gas, for their uh, vast amount of resources. The Dead Sea alone, um, there are so many different chemical compounds in there that can be used in, in pharmaceuticals, that can be used in the development of, uh, of, of microchips and, and so forth. And, you know, the diamond district, the flowers, I mean, everything, you know, just as the Bible prophesied, you know, the the... Israel is a a flower blooming in the desert and they will become jealous and they will form this coalition with the southern Russian stand countries, Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, Afghanistan, maybe, who knows. Um, And they will form allegiances with the Sudan, with Libya, uh, Turkey and, and Russia. And then basically God will wipe them out. It will not be the... Israeli army or, or air force or military, God will handle this according to scripture. And this could be the, and will, I will believe it will be the turning point to get the uh, peace treaty signed on the Temple Mount. Uh, so this could happen either right before or after the tribulation. I happen to believe it will happen right before. There are others who think it happens just right after the tribulation. This is the early stages. I've given my reasons before. I've laid this out and what's uh, video that I titled uh, The Next Great War and what I see in Scripture. But again, you know, you, you can go either way on it. It's going to be close. It's going to be very tied tight to that to that time frame. Let me put it that way. Um, China, extremely aggressive, just gobbling up land, the military. They're just going about it. Um, you know, try, you can just look at what's been happening in Hong Kong in the last year and a half the major push for Taiwan. They're super, super aggressive. They've now formed a strong allegiance and alliance with Iraq. Uh, So all of these things are to be looked at, to be observed, uh, because these are signs of the times. And the reason I'm saying lack of leadership is because this vacuum will present the perfect opportunity for the Antichrist to set the stage. He will come in very charming, uh, uh, very articulate, I'm sure he'll be speaking several different languages and he'll offer solutions and the world will just look to him and, and, and they'll be uh, kind of almost like a magnet will be drawn to him. So these are just some of the things that I see. Uh, and again, just keep your eyes on Israel. The fact that Israel was born in a day after 2,500 years, that in of itself should be enough to, for people to go, okay, the Bible's spot on. Uh, but, you know, unfortunately, you have those naysayers. But all that to say, we have opportunities, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, to share the good news, to let people know, uh, because the time is getting near. The time is drawing close. And, and it's, you know, God wants all to be to come into the saving knowledge of his grace. So I, I, I look at this as opportunities. Um, but I hope that, you know, all of this is or some of this is registered with you over these three uh, breakdowns of the coming inevitable rapture uh, where his calling his church will meet him in the clouds where you will receive crowns of rewards and be participants and be and be the guest of honor in the in the uh, wedding feast of, of of Jesus Christ where we are the bride we are the his church is the bride and it will be a seven year tribulation I mean a seven year 
marriage supper at the same time the tribulation is happening, but then we come back with Jesus uh, to help pull in uh, uh, the millennial reign of, of Jesus here on earth. So looking forward to it. So thank you very much for your time. I hope and uh, trust that you gained some information that will help you. If you're not a believer, if you still have questions, doubts, you're just not sure, that's understandable. But please, I ask you to ask the Lord to make himself known to you, and I promise you he will. Uh, look for a Bible church in your area. If you have any questions, comments, prayer requests, please email me, russicoutlook at gmail.com. Happy to do so. You've been listening to the Russick Outlook, and remember, as always, just my opinion.